They're loading into the barriers. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. And they're underway for Moody on the mic. One of the absolute great weeks in racing. Four Group 1s at Coolfoot on Saturday. One Group 1 up in Sydney as well. And the Moody on the Mic team is here to analyse it all. I'm Roger Aldridge joining me as they always do. The captain of the team, Peter Moody. G'day, Moods. Oh, mate, listen, I don't know about the captain, Rog. You've always been the captain, but it's an absolute pleasure to join you learned gentlemen once again this evening. Uh, what... Great racing we've had thus far this spring and then more ahead of us over the next three or four Saturdays, well, three or four weeks, not only Saturdays. Phenomenal. You are the captain. I mean, the show's named after you, but the man most likely to cause a mutiny. And he's on a boat too. Anthony Mithen. <laughs> I am on a boat. Just a little sojourn up to the uh, Sunraysia district, uh, up the Murray with the Dale, and we're having a great old time. So, uh, yeah, nice to, nice to see a bit of Victoria, and there's New South Wales, just there. We, well, we technically, technically, actually, Mitho, the border is the Murray River, so you're in New South Wales if you're in the drink. Sorry. And the man who needs no permit, and it doesn't need a lot of an introduction, but I'll give him one anyway, resident Rayman, Tom Hackett. G'day, Tommy. Hello, Rog. Caulfield Guineas Day is my favourite day on the calendar. You can have Derby Day, you can have Golden Slipper Day. I'll have Caulfield Guineas Day any day of the week. That's exactly. I mean, I know this for a fact because, you know, while some blokes might go to, say, a red tube or something like that, Rayman just goes to the Caulfield Guineas Day Racing Australia page and that gets him up and about like you would not believe. I did notice uh, on YouTube the repeat of God's Own's Caulfield Guineas was up a million views this week. Was that all you, Rayman? Yeah, at least 999,000 of those. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go and watch it, punters. Gee whiz, what a fun. great. Well, unfortunately, we were going to be all set to uh, see Glenn Fittick win the Crawford Guineas. Moods had declared him a couple of weeks ago. I was a little bit invested. Uh, unfortunately, that's what all in betting does to you. Moods, a, a tough week for you. I, I am feeling for you, Big Dog, because I know he might have been you just ticket back to the big time. Yeah, well, Rog, that was the way it was shaping. Um, you know, the horse was in great shape, but unfortunately, he uh, suffered a little ailment uh, yesterday afternoon, and we had to withdraw him. What's the, pro- what's the problem, Pete? What's it called? An epiglottic entrapment or entrapment of the epiglottis. Which and, and is, is in layman's terms? Is, it, is just, it contagious? Sorry? Is it contagious? Uh, not as contagious as corona. <laughs> it sounds like something that we all wish you'd get, I reckon. Oh. Entrapped epiglottis. Oh. Right. Uh, no, well, unfortunately, I didn't get it. I, I would have happily taken it and allowed Glenn Fiddies to run on Saturday if that had been the case. But uh, uh, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a, um, what is it? It's a, it's a little... It's a soft palate uh, issue, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. It, it's, uh, the epiglottis is, is shaped like your tongue in your throat where it sort of flicks back and forwards and blocks and cl- opens and closes your airway. And um, it, it, every now and again, in this case, it catches on the cartilage at the top of the throat and, and it doesn't move freely. So what the vets have got to go and do is uh, put a little nick in the end of it. And so instead of the, being shaped a bit like our tongue, they put a little nick in the end of it and actually becomes like a snake's tongue with a, li- with a little V in it to allow it to move three, f- freely through the horse's uh, throat and uh, allow the horse to get full abduction of their airway. So it was a very unfortunate and very untimely. We actually um, checked the horse out fully just before his last 
group two and it was spot on 10 days ago and these things happen you know they can happen overnight unfortunately with horses so uh, he'll have a minor procedure tomorrow morning and uh, we haven't given up hope on seeing him again this spring but probably more realistically the autumn but uh, still some chance that he could line up in the Coolmore on Derby Day. We had the uh, exact same problem with a, a horse that ran on the weekend, ran a great race, Iconoclasm, um, did this last year. Uh, and uh, we, were, we were terribly disappointed that you know, it, was, it was campaign over. And the, the vet that um, was consulting at the time, Ben Mason, uh, said to us, I can, I can do it. You, you, the horse will have a week off to just, just for the throat inflammation to go. Uh, you can keep the horse in light work and you can carry on with the preparation. And we all thought that was probably, you know, a, a stretch too far for the, for, to, to ask the horse to continue in work and then race in six or seven weeks. But Ben pointed out that it was something like 60% of horses that have that, that operation win first up if they stay in work um, after that, that six-week period. So don't, don't give up on Glenn Fittich winning big races uh, over that Flemington Carnival if... Uh, what have we got about five weeks, Pete? So you'll be touch and go, but it's well worth a well worth a shot. I think I think the thing to bear in mind with that statistic is most of these things go unrecognised. Where I know this horse didn't have it ten days ago, so it didn't affect his performance in the Stut Stakes, and it's only just come on. So um, I've got to congratulate my stable and my staff for identifying this issue, for the fact that the horse didn't come out and run 10th in the guineas on Saturday. And then Monday we announced to the stewards, oh, the horse has got an entrapment in his throat. And I think uh, fortunately enough, we've been able to save our connections, the pain of it, and more importantly, the punters, the pain of going through this. So whether that statistic will be aided by Glenn Fittick, I very much doubt because uh, he hasn't been to the races in this condition. So it's probably hard to see him improving, but. I believe on the form that he's had his last couple of runs, he doesn't have to improve. Yeah. As we said last week, Moods, the, you know, the, the good ones are the ones that have issues. The bad ones just don't seem to have any issues. But in terms of issues, as far as they go, this isn't a structural thing. It's not, a, you know, it's not an issue with uh, his legs or anything like that. And it's fixable. So although it's painful because it's such a, a rich and prestigious race you're going into and then perhaps the Cox Plate, it's not the worst injury to get or the worst issue to get. No, it's not. It's just the timing of it all. Like we've got the $2 million Ned's Caulfield Guineas on Saturday and the $5 million Ladbrokes Cox Plate uh, a, a couple of weeks later. So there's $7 million worth of races in the next uh, 16 or 18 days that the horse was going to be eligible to run in. So that's the unfortunate side of it. I'm worried though, boys, that we've got a bit of a curse. A Moody on the mic curse. Now, there was a couple of springs in last autumn. Every guest we had on would go in and win in group one. We had plenty of success. This spring, we're going awful with our guests. We had James McDonald on the start of the spring. He had five favourites that weekend. Didn't ride a winner and was rubbed out for t 10 days. We had Tommy Berry on last week. He had one of the favourites in the flight stakes, one of the favourites in the Epsom. No winners. We had... Uh, had Jimmy Mystic Journey was struggling, and we had Jimmy Byrne. We got poor old Rothfire beaten in the Golden Rose. What's next? And now we've, our own is suffering. Moods is suffering. Glenn Fittich. Mytho can't find a winner outside of uh, a few of them. It's, uh, I'm worried. I think we've got a curse on our hands. Well, I think that uh, that's probably the reason this week we've decided to go without a guest. Um, well, no, it's, it, it's the reason that uh, everyone turned you down, Rog. That worked out <laughs> <all> <laughs> week, <laughs> out of the curse. Terrified of the curse. 
<laughs> Michael Rod was going to come on, but he said he'd come on next week instead. So back him in this weekend and get off him <laughs> on Crawford Cup weekend. Uh, Moods, your Melbourne Cup runner has arrived in the country, uh, has it? Or uh, you've certainly you've named a jockey that's going to be uh, taking you to glory in the big one if we can shake this curse. Yeah, Nick and Jack Cave arrived uh, in the early hours of Saturday morning. Uh, I think there was 29 horses arrived uh, en masse from Europe. There's 16 horses uh, on the return journey, which are trained by European trainers, the likes of Aidan and Joseph O'Brien and, and so on. And 13 horses trained by local trainers, uh, including myself, that are here on a sort of one-way journey. So um, I've been down to Werribee a few times the past week. I was there this morning and... Uh, all horses seem to have arrived. They've all been out on the training tracks and gallop and uh, on the gallops and, and done a little bit of work. Uh, uh, Aidan O'Brien's two Cox Plate aspirants, Armoury and Magic Wand, uh, did a bit of fast work this morning. The rest of them have just sort of been doing strong, long, slow pace work. So more importantly, all 29 horses, and that's a significant number to travel uh, a long way around the world, have, have arrived and settled in. Uh, safe and well. So really pleased with my bloke. First time I've laid eyes on Nick and Jack Cave was Sunday and then watched him work this morning. He's a lovely horse. He's got a great demeanour about him. Uh, he looks in tip-top order. Gerline and his team uh, in Ireland have sent him over to us in great order to give us every opportunity to hopefully present him uh, in the Melbourne Cup in tip-top shape. We're just going to hope he's good enough. I was going to say, Moose, I mean, you're renowned as being someone who can really spot uh, a good animal. You, you know, I mean, Mitho knows this well uh, in terms of just looking at them, seeing their action and that sort. So, obviously, you've got this, this horse over sight unseen, just on tape. But, yeah, looking at him in person, are you, are you very happy or as happy as you were before he arrived that you've got the right one? He, he looks outstanding. Just the way he's travelled and coped with everything, uh, he, he looks in very good order. Now, we're just going to hope those form lines that he brings, and it's a little bit different to some of them. He's got form around Twilight Payment, a horse who ran in the Melbourne Cup last year. He beat him two runs ago. And, uh, so, you know, that, that gave us some impetus to think that he's going to be a Cups horse. He sits 34 in order of entry as we sit at the moment, so he needs a bit of attrition above him because the hope is that I don't have to run him again before the Melbourne Cup. So he, he does appear the right type of horse to me. Uh, he goes on uh, top of the ground, so he's going to be suited to our Australian conditions, although uh, I think it's been anticipated for a wet spring this year. And, and uh, as we know, Melbourne Cup can, get a, can, can be damp every now and again. But... Uh, no, he, he appears to have all the right attributes to be a cup horse. But uh, me, I had seven cup runners and the closest I finished 13th. So maybe I don't know what it requires to be a Melbourne Cup horse either. Well, when Melbourne's been in lockdown for so long now, of course, uh, as, as restrictions perhaps ease, well, of course we're going to get a wet spring. It's Murphy's Law. Uh, but it, what, what is the plan then if, if the horses don't fall by the wayside above you? Where, where will you race him if you need to? Uh, well, the only option to run him would be the Geelong Cup. Um, and hopefully we had a bit of a clearer picture before then. But uh, just after speaking to his previous trainer, Gerlines, and, and the team over there, he strongly recommended to me if I can get away without running him, he, he favours uh, that would be the best way to go into the Cup. I think he's going to be, you know, nearly three months between runs going to the two mile. But uh, his fitness levels are very good. Um, he, he, he's got a great sort of uh, staying capacity about him. He, he's uh, just this morning, you know, he's out on the gallops for, 
for about 40 minutes there and did strong pace work and uh, he went four laps or every race course either walk trotting or cantering and and didn't turn a hair so he's a very fit racehorse so i'm hoping that i don't have to run him and at the end of the day before he won his last start the valley Roan stakes the connections bought him probably with a view to next year's melbourne cup more so than this one and then he won when he won his last start he, he earned enough weight to probably put him right in the mix for this year so uh, you know, we're hoping we can get him there. If we don't, well, you know, so be it. And we're, I think we've still got a very nice staying horse on our hands. Well, that's a big race in a month's time, but uh, we're here now to look at some races this weekend in just a few days' time because it's uh, Group 1 glorious Saturday. Narrow the field with Ladbrokes Easy Form. Place form-driven multis or singles without ever having to study a guide. Create your ideal bet using a range of form filters, including runner stats, jockey, trainer and track. Or choose from market movers and favourite runners. Available on all Australian and New Zealand thoroughbred greyhound and harness races, Ladbrokes Easy Form does the hard work for you. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The Group 1 races at Corfoot on Saturday kick off with race six, and that is the Ned's Stakes, of course, formerly the Corfield Stakes. Now, only six horses going around in this one, but, of course, this was a race where there was only three horses that went around a few years ago when Winksy uh, just romped it in uh, against a couple of lesser lights. Uh, Russian Camelot, Rayman, starts not quite as short as Winks, but uh, no doubt as, as popular a favourite. Yeah, he's getting into that category, uh, Russian Camelot. He's a $1.55 favourite here. All the early money is with him. Arcadia Queen on the second line of betting at four fifty. Humidor, five fifty. then. Any old price, the rest. He's, he hasn't even had 10 starts yet, Russian Camelot, but he's already scaring away his rivals. And he, he does look very tough to beat here in the Ned Stakes. Uh, it's a race that before we have seen some internationals run well. Last year was won by an international, but with no internationals in the race this year, it does look like Russian Camelot's to lose. He sort of does look as though he's got the locals covered here. And it won't be until we get to the Cox Plate where there are some of those internationals that he, he could get tested here. I think he does deserve to be a fifty-five favourite. I probably won't be diving in at the price, but I won't be betting against him either. Well, you look at it there, he's $1.55. Galo Chops has been... Lavendi's and never was really. Harbour Views, we don't think so. Group one horse. So Humidor, the old boy, can he run a bolter yet again? Probably not. Arcadia Queen might be the only threat moods, but he's Russian Camelot. It almost looks a good thing on the program over 2006 horse race. Not going to get into a lot of trouble. Yeah, a third run in up to 2,000 metres. Um, you know, he, he doesn't get beat apart from misfortune and touch wood, that doesn't happen. Uh, you know, he's, he's the best horse in the country. Um, you know, he just wins. Mitha, I'd, I'd imagine you'll agree too, because I know you've done an extensive amount of form for this race. Well, it's, it, I mean, the form smacks you in the face, doesn't it? And that's just the Russian Camelot uh, should, should, should bolt up. Um, you, you try and find something to beat him at your peril. Um, but, you know, taking the $1.55 um, on, on Ladbrokes is, is probably fairly foolhardy. But... Um, he, he might he might just make it look like a, a an absolute gift of a price too because he's a superstar and and what he uh, what he did last start um, in the Underwood was was super impressive and you know I think we've got um, you know we've got the Cox Plate uh, favourite the Cox Plate um, potential winner uh, to to go and enjoy watching rather than rather than probably having a bet so um, enjoy rushing Camelot for the for, for the race. 
And the good part about it is that this isn't in the quaddy because I do hate it when you get just a, a short price lay down Mazir in the quaddy to kick things off, which everyone's got. So now we move to the quaddy legs. We're all on the Russian Camelot bandwagon there. We go to race seven, the thousand guineas. Now this is a more competitive field, Ray, man. This is uh, what three dollars forty, three fifty the field. Yeah, three dollar forty equal favourites now. Hungry Heart and Instant Celebrity. Vangelic's on the second line at third line of betting day at $11. And you've got Last Start with Thermosphere and Aiden's Field at $13 as well. I think the, uh, the Sydney horses have added a lot of interest to this race. So I think Instant Celebrity looked as though she had the other Melbourne fillies covered. But Hungry Heart and Vangelic who come out of the flight stakes from the weekend really add a lot of interest to this race. Hungry Heart, a really interesting horse that just keeps running second. Looked as though she had every possible chance in the flight stakes. She looked as though she had the race shot, shot to bits and just couldn't hold out Montefiela late. So it, she is getting a little bit of the uh, non-winners about her. So it'd be interesting to see how she does go. But oh, I think these Sydney horses at the Sydney three-year-olds do have a bit of uh, a bit of an edge over the Melbourne three-year-olds. So I do have her on top. And I think the value in the race is Vangelic for Gay Waterhouse. Also comes out of the flight stage. You're getting $11. I think this horse will go forward from Barrier 10 with Brent Preble in the saddle, which is always uh, sort of optimum at Caulfield. We've seen Gay do this before, and we've seen it happen a few times with the uh, the horses that come down from Sydney for the 1,000 guineas. I'm thinking horses like Amicus and Global Glamour. They weren't sort of the hype Sydney horses at that time. They came down and won the 1,000 uh, guineas, ended up being good fillies in their own right. So... I think Hungry Heart is definitely deserved to be favourite, but Vangelic at $11, I think, is a great bet in a really good addition to the 1,000 guineas. Yeah, I don't mind the Sydney horses either, and that format of the flight stakes does look pretty good. I actually think the value in the race, and I know it didn't run a great race last time, but she's been pretty good and she's trained at the track, is Night Raid. Barrier 12 is maybe a little bit concerning, but at $21, I think Night Raid might be a nice little each-way throw at the stumps uh, for Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr. Boots, how you see the race? Well, I think you're both full of shit and guessing there. Um, Global Glamour won the flight stakes before she came down. She didn't get beat by a roughie like uh, Hungry Heart and uh, Vangelic. So uh, I think you're just jumping on the Sydney, Sydney bandwagon there for the sake of doing it. Instant celebrities taken all before her. The only thing I think will beat her is if there's a distinct bias against run-on horses. We know she's going to settle back, uh, but she's done everything asked of her. Um, you know, I, I think she's the deserved favourite. Winners keep winning, and traditionally, you keep getting a better price. So, uh, pull the Sydney stuff out of your boys. Uh, get on board uh, with the South Australians and Packenham locals in Instant Celebrity. Well, I was going to say, you might have seen a bit of Instant Celebrity in there at Packenham with uh, Philip Stokes. Well, listen, I, I have seen her on occasion. She's not a big, robust filly, but, uh, you know, it's hard not to be impressed. I thought she beat them. Uh, comfortably enough the other day, the local fillies, it's, I thought it'd be hard to see them turning the tables outside of bad luck. Uh, the Sydney fillies are the, are the uh, you know, wild card, but they've got to travel down in seven days and turn it around after both getting beat um, by an unheralded filly, to be honest. So uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm with the local in instant celebrity. Mitho? Uh, can't have enough each way on personal here at 16, about 16 bucks, Ray Man, we're getting. We shopped earlier on Ladbrokes, is that about right? Yeah, $17, four fifty to the place. Yep, I reckon uh, drawn to get a lovely run out of eight. Um, uh, D Oliver up. Um, I, I, 
I can't believe you're getting 16 bucks. To be perfectly honest, second by an instant celebrity looked to me like a like a miler waiting to happen. Hasn't run at the trip, but plenty of them haven't. Um, instant celebrity, a real query at the trip. Um, I might be made to eat my words uh, after Saturday, but um, you know, not a single doubt. Uh, versus a classic bred Coolmore fast net rock filly. Um, I'm 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 wanting to take the 16 bucks rather than uh, what are we uh, sort of the, the, uh, 340 for the favourites. 340 the favourite. So, um, yeah, give me give me a piece of that all day, every day. Uh, she will be going in my all-up place bed and be the anchor bed of the day. Personal. Thank you very much. Excellent stuff. All right, let's go on to the, the big one for the day or the, the feature race on the card, and that is the Caulfield Guineas. Now, this is the race, of course, Glenn Fittick was supposed to want, run in and win. Uh, so, futures bets are down the toilet there. He comes out. Ole Kirk. Are you buying in the form of Ola, the Sydney form here, Moods, though? Ole Kirk's the favourite Rain Man and already pretty well backed, I reckon. Yeah, it's been four fifty into $3.20. Obviously, a couple of deductions there with Glenn Fittich coming out, but he has been very popular early. Tagaloa, second pick at $6. King's Legacy, six fifty, And Moonga's six fifty as well. Then you've got the prelude winner, Crosshaven, at $11. So the market's keen on the Sydney horses here. Traditionally, uh, the Golden Rose is a really strong form reference for the Caulfield Guineas. So I've got Ole Kirk on top here. Uh, similar sort of profile to horses like Statement, the Autumn Sun, that have won the Golden Rose and then come down and won the Caulfield Guineas uh, fairly comfortably. Uh, Team Hall said from the start of this campaign that Ole Kirk wouldn't be the best until he got out to 1,600 metres. And he does give the impression that he will absolutely eat up the mile. He ran the fastest closing sectionals in the run to the Rose. We saw how he hit the line in the Golden Rose. So I think he's definitely got to be the horse to beat. I think the local horses, uh, Tagaloa, I think represents a little bit of value at $6. Comes out of uh, taking on the older horses in the Sir Rupert Clark Stakes, where he was pretty good. He's pretty tough late. And uh, I think the form coming out of that's been relatively strong. So I think he's the uh, local horse. And he must have had a really nice run with Craig Williams in the saddle. But Ole Kirk on top for mine. So, mates, Sydney form. Are you in for the boys? Well, listen, you, certainly you've got to respect it. I think uh, King's Legacy was very big the other day in the, uh, what's it called, that race? The Golden Rose. Golden Rose. <laughs> uh, he, he, super, I think he's geared to third run in at a mile. Uh, last time he met Ole Kirk, uh, he, he beat him comfortably uh, in, the, in the Champagne. Champagne Stakes. So, uh, for me, I think he's got the, the wood on um, Ole Kirk. A um, couple of wild cards there, but unfortunately, they're drawn wide. The two Hayes horses, I thought Cross Hayes was mm. phenomenal. And Azar ran terrific the other day. But I'm very bullish on one here. I think Tagaloa is nearly a good thing. I think he's going to sit in the first two or three. Um, the Bussett and Young camp have hit form at the right time. They had a big weekend last weekend with Mirage Dancer and another Group 2 winner at Flemington. I think C. Williams will have him either in front or in the first two or three. He knows his way around Caulfield. He's a Blue Diamond Stakes winner. He's two runs back this time. I reckon I'll have him ready to peak. He's a monster of a horse. Only thing is he, he was a little bit hot and stirry in the yard first up. I didn't see him second up and how he behaved. But if he goes there in the right frame of mind, behaves, he's a monster of a horse. I think he'll just dominate the race from on the speed and be too big and strong for them. I was uh, very, I really like Crosshaven and I was really disappointed to see Crosshaven draw 15 because it's, uh, it's not where you want to be in a Caulfield Guineas. But at $11, I might have a little bit each way, but I certainly am favouring 
uh, that form coming out of the Golden Rose in Ole Kirk. And like you said, Rayman, the Hawks team have been very keen on it getting out of 1,600 metres. But the Guineas does often throw up a bit of a surprise. Um, Super Seth last year winning it at around, the, I think it was 9 or $10 as well. So, look, you never know. But geez, if Crosshaven can overcome that barrier, I think he's a really good horse. Uh, Mitho, what do you reckon? I'm with King's legacy. Um, I just feel that um, you know you 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 know what you know rather than guess with the others, and and you know that King's legacy gets the mile. Uh, already a Group One winner over a mile at two um, has uh, has been prepped for this race. Um, this is this is the grand final. I mean, I, I know it's 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 probably the majority of the field's grand final, and not a, rather than an afterthought. But I, I the only thing I would say is that there's been some switching and changing with these three-year-old Colts to de- depending on, oh, do we go Coolmore? Do we go Caulfield Guineas? Do, you know, which way do we go? You know, I think Mood was absolutely adamant about Glenn Fiddick and I would have been with Glenn Fiddick um, had, had he not had that uh, entrapped Epic Loppers. Um, but, um, you know, I think there's, there's some real surety about King's legacy. It was always going to be a Guinea source. It was always going to be aimed for this. Um, you know, expert preparers in, in Peter and Paul Snowden, Hugh Bowman up. I'm, I'm really, really bullish about King's legacy at an each-way price. Just want to touch on one horse there, and he's taken a bath in the last 10 days, is Mahunga, the, the mm. uh, collar train galloper. Like, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread uh, 10 days a fortnight ago, and, and he barely rates a mention in discussions. Now, I don't know much about the horse, and he has looked outstanding, but any word there, Rain Man? Why is he taking a bath in betting, or uh, you know, is there slows on the horse, or, he, or, or, the, or the supposed form gurus and analysts have got cold feet and said he's not good enough? What's happened there? Yeah, ratings experts have taken him on moves. Uh, that Dulcify Quality race has rated quite poorly that he won last start. And then a lot of the horses that came out and that he beat by relatively small margins in the Dulcify were absolutely flogged in the Golden Rose. So if you're taking that sort of that sort of form parallel, that's why he's out to 650. Obviously, there's the Chris Waller factor, and he's obviously he's an untapped horse. He's got plenty of upside, but he was one I was happy to take a set against, and still at 650, I can't can't dive in there. All right, let's move to the final group one of the day. It is the Lexus Turak Handicap Race Nine on the program, a race which sees Mr. Quickie go around. Uh, as the top weight here. Uh, now, Rayman, this is a pretty open field. And Junipal, of course, probably more a Mooney Valley specialist, uh, but goes around favourite. Buffalo River is actually the favourite. Uh, Rog at $3.90. Junipal's second pick, but the market mover at $4.80. Then there's a little bit of money around for I Am Superman at $8 and Superstorm at $9. Really open race, the Turok Handicap, as it often is. I mean, Buffalo River's got the right profile and sort of the the horse that gets in really well at the weights that's sort of been building towards a race like this one. But I think Team Stoneham have got a really good chance here with I Am Superman. They were really keen to get this horse into this uh, Rupert Clark stakes after it missed out. Uh, after it won the Shannon Stakes in Sydney, it missed out on a run. And uh, Peter Snowden was heartbroken. He seemed to think this horse was a really good chance in the Sir Rupert Clark Stakes. And he does look really well placed here as well. I think it's a, it's a progressive horse that's still uh, on the up. And he, he does make his own luck right on the speed as well here at Caulfield. So I think I am Superman at $8, a really good bet here. I do have a lot of time for uh, Buffalo River at $3.90. I think you're right about uh, Jinnipal Rod. He does seem to bring his uh, produce his best at the Valley. Last start was really impressive, but it was a bit of a spike rating. It can be a little bit inconsistent. So uh, I'm happy to be with I am Superman and Buffalo River here. I did just see the, uh, the, 
the little icon next to Juniper, and it was actually the market mover, not the favourite icon. I like Buffalo River, and that's mainly because uh, I saw Jane Bunn's update on Twitter just before we came on air. It was talking about a massive amount of rain coming over the next couple of days in Melbourne, and obviously Buffalo River's best suited on soft ground. So although we've had a pretty warm few days, it has, uh, like last weekend, uh, it's certainly getting cold and wet in Melbourne this week, and I think Buffalo River is going to be really well suited uh, to this race. So I am with the favourite of that $3.90 price. Moods. Uh, I'm with one each way here. He loves Caulfield, tough as nails, and uh, probably not too many more braver horses than Sacconi. Um, races on the speed, makes his own luck, and uh, young trainer Nick Ryan shooting for his first Group 1 winner. Um, he's, he's been super. He's run unbelievably consistent all preparation. He's been up uh, longer than Mitho, but, um, you know, he, he just doesn't know how to run bad, this bloke. So... Uh, I think he'll give a great side. He'll look the winner in some part of the straight. Has he got the quality to win a group one? Probably not. But Mr. Quickie's the top raider at 107 in this. He's coming on an indifferent run last start at the Underwood. The rest of them are still trying to earn their stripes, to be honest. Um, is there a group one winner outside of Mr. Quickie in this field? Has anyone sort of had a look at that? I, That's age, of one? age of February. Yeah. Age of Shivers. No, Age of Shivers never won a Group 1. No, I don't think there is moods. Um, Superstorm's been placed uh, at Group 1 level. Age of Shivers been placed at Group 1 level. But uh, no, I don't think there is outside of Mr. Quickie. So, you know, that shows you it's a, it's a Group 1 handicap. Uh, they've all got their chance off the back of the handicapper. So I think a horse like Sacconi, um, you know, he, he brings as good a form to the table as any. What is he, 14, 16 to 1? Yeah, $16. Each way all day for me. Uh, Mitho, Mr. Quickie, carrying 59 kilos, so basically your wallet. Um, <laughs> it's going to be tough for him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm optimistic, to be honest. He's drawn well. Uh, if he jumps the lids, bloody hell, he can miss the start. If he can jump the lids, he can put himself sort of somewhere, somewhere thereabouts and, and give himself an easier time of it rather than having to run past most of the field um, over the last furlong or two. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for something that doesn't often happen, which is Mr. Quickie jumping the barriers and getting an easy run. So, um, you, you really, if you, if you want to bet on hope, you, you, you're probably going to die poor. So, um, I would think that um, uh, the, the, the favourite is the one to beat, Buffalo River. I'd be scared shitless a bit. Um, down in the weights, profiles up beautifully for a Turak. The old Turak handicap, it's a great race for that sort of a horse and um, I, I'd be, uh, I won't be having a bet because I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about Mr Quickie rather than enthusiastic so uh, I won't be having a bet and I'll be thinking that uh, Buffalo River will be the toughest for Mr Quickie to get past. Rightio, we've got one more Group 1 on Saturday that we're going to look at and that is in Sydney, Royal Ramwick Race 7, it is the Spring Champion Stakes and uh, Rayman this is a relatively Open race as well with uh, Montefilia coming up, a favourite here. Yeah, Montefilia on the quick back up from the flight stakes is the $3.20 favourite. The unbeaten love tap is $3.70. You've got the Melbourne form with Cherry Tortoni here at $6. And I think this might be a stroke of genius from Patrick Payne, uh, sending Cherry Tortoni to Sydney for the spring champion stakes at $6. I think it's a great value bet. I think Cherry Tortoni looked really good in the winter. And his race hasn't, certainly hasn't disgraced itself in the Melbourne Spring. But I just think Patrick Payne had sort of worked out 
he wasn't quite up to the likes of Glenn Fittich, the likes of Tagalola, the likes of Ole Kirk. And he's found him, a founder, fairly winnable group one up in Sydney for Cherry Tortoni. He said, why not? Let's go up to Sydney and let's see if we can uh, take this group one home. Montefilia was really good in the flight stakes last week, but it was an outsider. This is an afterthought. They sort of have changed the preparation. And Phillies historically have a really bad record in the spring champion stakes. We've seen quite a few uh, fancied Phillies. Like First Seal with beat as a $2 favourite. Yankee Rose is, I think, the only filly that won the race and later had the race taken off her. So, uh, fillies have a poor record in it. So, and Love Tap, uh, last up win was good, a progressive horse, but a lot of, they had Dolphin form before that. So, can't dive in. It's a 370. So, I think Cherry Tortoni looks really well set up here. We don't, uh, we don't compare notes before we go on air uh, for a variety of reasons, mainly because we can't be bothered. So, I'm very... I don't care uh, what you have to say, Rog, so that's why. Exactly. But I'm very happy to hear you on the same wavelength as me, Rayman, because I'm really, uh, really keen on Cherry Tortoni in this in this race. I think Patrick Payne is just an expert at placing his horses in the right spots, and I think that he's placed this one absolutely beautifully to go up to Sydney and uh, and take some of the cash from Peter Volandis. And at six bucks, uh, I'll be having a bit of my own cash on it as well. Mood. So I can make it. I can make it a trifecta there, and uh, not because. Not because I did the form that you did, Rog, and, and was studious over the books and looked at the field. I've given it no thought whatsoever, but you've both been so convincing that I have all chips in, Cherry Tortoni. Come on, Paddy, and get it home. Moods, have we got a quaddy? Well, yeah, listen, you just don't know about some of the form. Like, Montefilio, like, surprised the other day, but obviously she's a good filly. They don't give away group ones. Um, love tap coming off that provincial form and then won well the other day. The horse of John O'Shea's lines raw. It, it's done a similar thing to Love Tap coming through the provincials. And I've always got great respect for three-year-olds that win carrying good weights. It had 57 and a half on us back the other day. And I, not like Anthony, do a bit of form uh, because I take this show very seriously. Um, giving weight to older horses and beating them... Uh, even though it was a benchmark 64 the other day. So it's a, probably a similar form line to Love Tap, who's one of the fancies in the race. But, um, you know, I thought Glenn Fiddick could have won the Caulfield Guineas. So I've got to respect the fact that Cherry Tortoni worked home nicely behind him in the Stutt Stakes the other night. And uh, Paddy Payne's elected to, after galloping him at Caulfield Tuesday morning, is elected to go up there for the 2,000-metre race rather than stay at home for the mile group one uh, you know, so I think that speaks volumes. So, oh, yep, I'm going to make it a quaddy cherry tortoni, but keep an eye on the O'Shea runner lines raw. Uh, I think it could be a, a good chance. And uh, a mate of mythos and mine, Sims Davison, stands the stallion, a horse called Contributor. So a shout out to Sims and the boys over there at Mapley. Um, Mytho might be about to join in on the bandwagon here, but uh, no one will be rooting harder than Mytho and I for lines raw uh, for our good mate Sims over in New Zealand. Yeah, no, and Jason Abraham's a good good guy in the syndication business uh, with Champion Thoroughbreds. Um, no doubt the, the reason I was waving my finger was to point out that um, uh, you mentioned, um, Rain Man, that um, uh, Yankee Rose uh, won the race and then was later disqualified. Well, um, the half-sister, Merivale, runs in this to try and uh, uh, right the wrongs of, uh, of, of, of that race that uh, was once was once won and then lost. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Merivale, the half-sister, the Yankee Rose, can... Uh, can Probably, you know, restore a little bit of gloss because she was a bit of a hype filly leading into that flight stakes. You might remember I tipped her last week at big odds and she let me down. Um, but um, maybe screaming out for the 2,000 metres like the family um, looks like it relishes. So uh, keep an eye out for that one as my ruffie in the race. 
All right, four of us, all with Cherry Tortoni, Paddy, Ryan Maloney. Don't let the big V down. This spring, Ladbrokes is changing the way you multi, putting the power in your hands and giving you more chances to win. With our new split and blended features, load up your multi legs with runners from the same race, and if any of them get up, you win. Get all the racing multi combinations you want done in one. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. Minimum price of dollar ten for blended leg T's and C supply. See website for details. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 Before we get to the best bets, Rayman, a, a big initiative uh, from the, our good friends at Ladbrokes, your employers, uh, with the greatest ever Cox Plate. I've seen it just running a muck on social media this week. Yeah, it's gone very large on social this week, Rog. Uh, really exciting uh, partnership we've got with Channel 7 and Inspired Entertainment and the Mooney Valley Racing Club to run the greatest ever Cox Plate, which will be run on uh, Manicato Eve, live-streamed on the Ladbrokes website and also on 7-2. Uh, 11 former Cox Plate winners, plus controversially, three international wildcards, Deep Impact, Frankel and Secretariat, which is, has definitely had mixed reviews on social, but adds an element, uh, element of interest to the race, in my opinion. But it's going to be really, really exciting. Our friend uh, Jimmy Cassie's got a ride in the race. Uh, he, he's on Might and Power. We've got So You Think, Winks, Farlap, Tullick, Tobin, Bronze, all the greats, you name them all. It's going to be an outstanding race. We don't know the winner at Ladbrokes. Not a single soul at Ladbrokes has any idea who's going to win this race. I'm really looking forward to it. I think Frankel's the horse to beat, but uh, we'll have a special episode dedicated to it in a few weeks' time, but uh, really looking forward to this concept. I just want to clarify, uh, Ray, man, you said Manicato Eve. Is it on Manicato, not Cox Plate Eve? Oh, yeah, or... Cox Plate Eve, Manicato Stakes Night, yeah. Hey, so, Rog, Rog, it's come to my attention that one of the greatest Cox Plate winners ever is not in the race, and you've got these plotters from Europe in there. How the hell doesn't a horse that won five of nine at two... And then at three, mind you, she's a filly. At three, she won the Ascot Bar, which is now the Coolmore. She won the Mooney Valley Stakes. She won the Caulfield Guineas. She won the Cox Plate. She won the VRC Oaks. She won, and then in the autumn, she went and won the Orr, the Blamey, the Alistair Clark, the AJC Oaks, the QTC Oaks, and the Grand Prix. Her name was Surround, and she was raced by my wife's great uncle. And you should put her in the race, Roger. Oh, it's got nothing to do with me. Only Philly to ever win the Cox Plate surround. But you look at the horses. It just shows the quality of the race, the horses that mixed out. No superimposed, no better loosen up, no Maccabi Diva, no Saintly, my personal favourite who I've shattered. And Mitha, I'm surprised you haven't kicked up that Seamus the Waters in the race. You know, <laughs> to give him a wrap. But uh, Seamus the Waters missed out, the unfortunately. They nearly I... didn't let him in the, ra- in, in the race the year he was <laughs> in it. Let alone the race. He probably should have been. <laughs> No, but it didn't matter, Yvonne, but I just, uh, I, I cannot believe you called Frankel and Deep Impact plotters, Mitho. But uh, let's get on to our best bets for this weekend. And uh, Rayman, once you've uh, come down from your greatest ever Cox Plate, you can uh, give us your, your best bets of the weekend. Yeah, heading to the final race of the day at Royal Randwick, Rog, horse number 11, Plaquette. No, it's $6 for your dolphin. Uh, it's been freshened up since a nice win uh, in August and hasn't had a barrier trial between starts and Tried to get some of its other fancied stablemates like Flit and uh, really beat them quite comfortably. I think it's a really a progressive horse, this one. This isn't the strongest race of the day in Sydney, that's for sure. I think it's a horse that can work its way through the grades, end up in better races than this one. $6, I think it's well and truly over the odds. Rachel King in the saddle, she's riding an outstanding 
I got my best bet home last weekend with September run, so I was pretty happy with myself there and had a nice little earn on it. I'm going to race four at Caulfield on Saturday. Uh, it's 4.20 the field, and I do respect the two joint uh, or the two shortest horses in the market, Felicia and also Liar. But I'm with Zilong for uh, Tony and Kelvin McAvoy, uh, Luke Curry. Uh, riding flies first up. Now, this is a horse that was placed in the Group 1 uh, earlier this year. Just around stakes, in fact. There you go. A nice little bit of symmetry. But, uh, yeah, Zilong at $6.50. Uh, you talk about each way all day. I think she wins, but uh, certainly at a nice each way price there. So that's race four, number one at Caulfield on Saturday. I'm going, uh, as you would expect, to the Anx Stakes. And uh, it's an appropriate... Uh, attire that uh, I wear and Peter wears because the partnership of Waikato Stud, as you'll see on uh, if you're watching watching on our social media, uh, Peter Moody in the Waikato Stud vest there, and myself in the Rosemont Stud t-shirt. Uh, we uh, bred and uh, and and uh, stay in the ownership of All Saints Eve in the Ang Stakes, who's come up favourite, I think, uh, there, Rayman. So yeah, um, six dollar favourite, very open betting race. Yeah, it's an open race, but she's in terrific form, and I can tell uh, all the all the Ladbroke hunters that. Uh, she has trained on since her win in the Tibby Stakes at Group 3 level at Newcastle there. Um, she's done a, an excellent job um, in the care of John O'Shea, whose wife uh, is also in the ownership. So uh, we have a good time racing this filly, and I reckon she can win the Ang Stakes, which would be very exciting for us all. And you did tip her when she won last start at uh, in Newcastle as well, so in the Tibby Stakes. I did. No, we're sticking with her. She's good, been good to us. All right, Moods, we know you would have uh, gone Glenn Fittick as your best for the weekend. Unfortunately, you can't. So where are you looking now? Well, I've got a couple of Moody's marbles in this weekend. Uh, I'm going to kick off on Friday night. I've got two mares in that have both drawn horrific barriers their last two runs and arguably should have both won. One's in a maiden at Cranbourne on Friday night. Perennial in race one. Uh, horse number eight. I expect her to run very well and should break a maiden on Friday night. In good health in the Herbert Power. She's come from 17 the last two races and had horrible runs. She's drawn gate two, gets a chance to turn the tables on one of the Caulfield Cup aspirants, Order of the Garter. I think she'll run well also. But my best of the weekend is Tagalara in the Caulfield Guineas. I think it'll be too big, too strong, dominate from the front and win the Guineas uh, in the absence of Glenn Fittich. Now, our good mate, J-Mac. J-Mac, I know you're a regular listener. Nature strip. A little bit of mucus in the throat, I know. But that was probably from you holding the bit up at his mouth. I know you ran one sectional of 10 and a half from the 800 to the 600 or something. They all went on. Mate, he's the fastest horse in the country. And what do we do with the fastest horse in the country? We let fast horses run fast. I bet you don't make the same mistake in the Everest. Ladbrokes. Back yourself.